from that text, that familiar gospel story from John. Jesus said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, sir. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on, do not sin again. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. God, open our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits, that we might be ready to hear a word, to change us, to challenge us, to teach us, to transform us and this world for the good. Amen. Neither do I condemn you. No. Instead, mercy, kindness. He's one of the most gentle and kind, kind folks that I know, humble too. I first met Bill in the early 1990s when as the lay leader of a tiny Methodist church in upstate New York, he worked with one of my closest colleagues, Barb, as she ministered to that community. Bill was and is an author, a scholar, born in Massachusetts, but drawn to the more wild places of this world because of his deep love for the environment in places like the Adirondacks. We became fast friends in part, too, because he and I are co-godparents to Barb's two children, Chloe and Micah. He is gentle and funny and smart, too. A few years ago, Bill, or Bill McKibben, as he is formerly known, actually came to speak to our church and community in a public forum about global warming. Bill's probably most famous for starting 350.org. Has anyone ever heard of that organization? It is among the most prominent activist groups seeking to save the world, literally, from itself and our insatiable appetite for growth. 350.org is also known for mobilizing tens of thousands of young adults on campuses across the United States to make a difference, to give them hope for the creation they will inherit from us. Now, I'm biased, I know, but Bill really is a good man. He's a Christian committed to his faith, to putting that belief in Christ into action, to being convicted in his beliefs, but always, always kind whether facing friend or foe. So when I read Bill's opinion piece from last Sunday in the New York Times, did anyone else read that? It just broke my heart. It brought home for me just how hard, how hard and hard-hearted, how mean and vitriolic, even violent, our civic interactions as citizens and neighbors our civic conversation has become in these last few years. How we are living in times when so many seem so quick to pick up a rock, a rock, and then just throw it, to condemn, to put down, to judge, to hurt. And friends, he wrote that op-ed piece before the pipe bombs came in the mail, before the deadly shooting at the synagogue in Pittsburgh yesterday. 
I have to say it's been a bad, bad week for kindness. A bad, bad week for mercy. That's for sure. The headlines on Bill's piece tells it all. Let's agree not to kill one another. He writes, It may seem pointless to call for civility, so let me suggest that we start with a lower bar, maybe one we could still hope to achieve. Let's stop threatening to kill one another. McKibben then describes in the piece the death threats that he's received over the years, threats to kill him for his work to save the earth. He's been threatened through email, through the anonymity of social media, that these days is a hiding place for the darkest and most cruel of human impulses. Most chillingly, McKibben was recently threatened with murder, yes, murder, in an online website that took him to task for his work on global warming. McKibben's writes, one commentator said on the site, does anybody have Bill McKibben's home address? And then another added, give him a smack for me. And then finally, someone did post Bill's home address and his phone number. His phone number. And so McKibben writes in the piece, it was a public call for someone to murder me. And not long afterward, another commenter weighed right in. Friends, I know those are hard things to hear, but when I read those words, saw that such a kind and gentle and humble and nonviolent person of faith like Bill is now subject to death threats, now has to employ high-tech surveillance and security at his home in rural Vermont, it just chilled me. It just broke me in a way. It broke me. It totally freaked out Chloe, my goddaughter, who's now worried that her beloved uncle is in grave danger. And why? Because he dared to have an opinion and to work for change, to work for the common good, and to work within the boundaries of simple, common human decency, regardless of how any of us feel about an issue, like global warming or like any issue. Friends, what has happened among us, in our community, in our nation, in our world? How we talk to each other now in public, in social media, where kids are bullied regularly, where anonymous trolls hide in the dark and spread their hate. What has happened to us, to the notion that even especially when we disagree, we always do so with kindness and with humility? What has happened to the ideal that your opponent is not the enemy, but is instead the loyal opposition? What has happened to kindness? To kindness. What has happened to mercy? To mercy. The faith virtue where we treat with love and respect all folks, even those we might conclude do not really deserve that love. What has happened to cooperation, to compromise, to working together for some greater good and not just for our own self-righteous beliefs, me before thee, I so much more important than we? In so many social settings now, especially in the political realm, it seems okay, even socially acceptable, for humans 
to throw rocks at each other. Rocks. Of bias based upon race or gender or family or religion. Rocks of no-holds-barred debate. And so now it is okay, too, for leaders to trash others on Twitter and on the news, to insult, to taunt, to stand over an opponent with rock in hand, and then just let it fly. Not unlike the crowd and the mob that gathered around a woman accused of adultery in today's familiar Bible study story. So those citizens were oh so righteous in their condemnation of that poor soul. No one was left to defend her, it seemed. Yes, she sinned, and yes, the religious norms of that day called for her to be stoned. Stoned, and yet, there was Jesus. Jesus, the only one to stand up, to come forward, to be by her side, and then to remind that unruly group of neighbors that they could throw rocks, sure, but only if they, if they were without sin. The thing I love about that story is that Jesus allows the crowd to convict itself. Do you hear that? He allows the crowd to convict itself. Jesus says in a way that we all fall short. We all sin. We've all got feet of clay. We are all just human. Human. And if we are to get along, if we are not to devolve into a rock-throwing mob, we must treat each other always, always, in humility and with kindness and with mercy. Mercy. Is no one left to condemn you? He gently asks the woman after everyone has gone back home. No, she replies. Then neither do I, says our kind and humble and merciful Savior and teacher. Friends, for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, as those who have freely chosen to take a narrower path in this life, our answer always, always to the mob, to rocks, to hate, to bigotry, to bullies, to violence, must be love. Love. Our response must be kindness. Kindness. And our work is about mercy. Mercy. Over and over and over until one great day, the world finally gets that love is the only solution to all that ails us as a world and as a species. Love, not condemnation. Love, not judgment. Love, not meanness or threats or anger. No, if we take Jesus seriously, we will ask others and we will try ourselves to put down the rock, to put down that rock and instead live in nonviolence. Live to, in the least, tolerate and respect those with whom we disagree, and at best, love them. Love them, even if everything tells us not to do so. So here's the coda to Bill's story. McKibben actually contacted the person who runs that website where talks of violence of him took place, and the two actually went out for a beer and a discussion. Bill writes, I knew I wouldn't change his mind on climate change, and he knew I would continue to think that his work involved wrecking the planet. But it always seems like a human idea 
to reach out. To reach out. And yes, friends, with kindness, humility, and mercy. You know, I never thought believing in such virtues and preaching about such virtues, being in a faith community trying its best to practice those virtues, would become so radical, so up and against the culture. But friends, in 2018, it is. And so we know what God calls us to do and to be. Be humble. Be kind. Be merciful. Change the world. Let all God's people say, Amen.